Philippians, the book of Philippians. I want to go ahead and welcome all of our, our visitors this morning. We are happy that you chose to worship God with us, to sing praises in His name and to glorify Him. We hope that you have enjoyed this service and, and felt at home with us. If you have had any questions at all, feel free to ask any one of us. We'll be more than willing and, and very happy to answer them. Just uh, one simple announcement, Uh, Jacob mentioned it earlier, we have the gospel meeting next week, which is Brother Phil Robertson of Gainesville, Florida, coming up and preaching for us a week, and uh, as Jake said, there's business or postcards, whatever you want to call them, on the credenza, which for those of you who don't know what a credenza is, because I didn't know until I got here, it's that like drawer-like thing in the back of the atrium. Uh, It makes it easy to hand out to families, friends, co-workers, uh, but I'm excited for that week. Uh, of course, that will be our last week here, and it's a little bittersweet, but we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. Philippians chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, and always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you, are all, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. As has been mentioned a couple times, this is my last time preaching here, as an intern at least. Uh, Maybe you guys will invite me back, but who knows, maybe uh, it'll be good riddance. But it is a a very bittersweet moment. I I thought about a few different things as I was coming up here. I thought about the first sermon I preached here, and I probably only preached for like 19 minutes. I'm not sure, but it probably was. I remember the Friday sermons where I would preach for less than that, and it would be a contest to see if I could get you guys out of here before a football game or a basketball game, and it normally always worked in your favor. Uh, But it's bittersweet because Bailey and I have grown to love each one of you very dearly. And as I was trying to think about what to preach today, I had different ideas. One of them was just rant you all about how rooting for the hogs is just a sin, and they never give you any hope, and they're no good, but I couldn't find any biblical passage for that. So, But I, I talked with Jacob, and he helped me understand that I could pretty much get up here and just say what was on my heart and on my mind. And I told Bailey I wasn't going to tear up, but it's, it's going to come. But in doing so, I was able to take an example from Paul. You see, Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, writes to them and tells them that he's been praying for them, that he's thinking of them, and he's, he's praying for them and encouraging them to continue growing. And that's what I want to do here this morning. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a prayer for Fairview. I like Paul's example here because he, he keeps it on track. There are really two main points, and there are two main points for, for us. And as Bailey and I prepare to leave this congregation, there are two things that we want to be we want you all to know that we will be praying for you about and that, we'll, that you will be on our minds and in our hearts. And back in Philippians chapter 1, look with me in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you all with thanksgiving. I, I thank God for you all with joy in my prayers, and I know Bailey does as well. Two years ago, we came here, newly married, uh, knuckleheaded. I mean, I'm still knuckleheaded, but that, has, that, that, that was the case then too. But with so much excitement and so much joy, but also a lot of nervousness. We didn't really know what, was, what we were getting into. Like I said, we were newly married, so we were still trying to learn more about each other and, and figure how that worked with our work here. But I, I can tell you with complete confidence and complete honesty and love that we leave here thanking God for you with so much joy and so much happiness. Look at what Paul does when he opens this letter, real quick. Paul starts off by saying, I thank my God in all of my remembrance for you. Every single prayer that he goes back to where he, he prays about the Philippians is filled with thanksgiving. He always has something he can say or, or, or thank God about them because of how fondly he remembers the work in Philippi. He does not forget about them or does not push the thoughts of them down. But when he prays, he thanks for, the, thanks, thanks for them and, and thanks of them. Following that up, he says, For you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. There's a reason he is so thankful of Philippi. is because his work there filled him with joy. Joy that they were working together for the good of God. That they were there fulfilling the work of God, of, of the gospel. Being a unified group and working together so that each one could have a place in heaven. He's not thinking of the Philippians with, with grudge, begrudgingly or, or, or angrily frustrated at how they are. He's thinking of them with joy. Just like Paul in Philippi, Bailey and I will thank God for you continually with that same joy. And there are so many different reasons, and I, I, I tried to write it out, and if you see me look down a lot, it's because I'm trying to read and get through it and, and not forget anything. But we're so thankful for so many different reasons, and one of the first ones is the elders. We're so thankful for the chance you took on us. I, I know you guys have a history of doing this, bringing in young men, but as I, I recall, or as I look back, I think we are the longest intern you've had. And man, it must have taken a lot of guts to take a chance on me. But we are so thankful for you all, for the advice you gave us, the encouragement, the care, the uh, patience that you had with me sticking through the made-up words I did when I was preaching. I forget all of them, but I, I know each time I made up a word, I could look out and see Brother Don just giving me that, that's not right. <laughs> you all taught me so much from your example, from how to be a, a better Christian man, to be a better leader in the church, to be a better Bible student. You helped Bailey and I in just your examples with your wives and with how you treated them and how your families were taken care of and it. It will stick with us forever. As we leave here, we will continue to thank God with joy for the elders here and the guidance and the support and the care and the love they gave to us. We are so thankful for the Hudgens. This is probably the hardest part. Um, Jacob and I got really close in our two years through all my silly ideas, 
I was going to come up here with pyrotechnics and a swing to really make an entrance. I mentioned that like seven times, and he shot it down like six times. So, But we learned a lot from you two, your family as well. Uh, Jacob and I, we worked together pretty well, at least in, in my sense. Uh, I'm sure there were days where he got a little tired of me, but... It was always going to be difficult for an Aggie and a Longhorn to really butt heads, but I learned so much from you. You, uh, you helped me to grow in, in the Bible in a way that I never thought was uh, going to be easy, but somehow you made it, made it easy for me. Sarah, you helped Bailey in, in more ways than, uh, than possible, not possible, but than we probably thought when we got here. We're thankful for the advice you gave to us, whether it was about Uh, beginning our marriage or or about this new work, whether it was about family or or starting a family. We loved the time we spent with you, whether it was the meals we had after service or or getting to hang out with your whole family, playing games and and, and enjoying that time there. We love your family. We love the kids. And we are so thankful for this opportunity, these two years for us to grow together and to leave here so, so much closer than I guess maybe we thought or, or anything like that. But when we leave here, we will thank God with complete joy for you all. We're so thankful for a group of deacons who have guided us and helped us, both showing us an example with your family and with how you, you handle things in the church and how you are that leading example for your family. We, loved, we love you all and we love your families and we we grew so close to you all because you guys gave us advice. You invited us over to your houses. You, you fed us. And man, did we have some good food. You encouraged us. You supported us. You helped us understand what it's like to, to really grow and feel like a family with a church. And when we leave here, we're going to thank the de- God for the deacons with joy. We're so thankful for this group as a whole. There are so many ways that I could break this down. There are so many people that I could just sit here and individually go on and on about, but I'm going to try and and clump it together in in little bits. We're thankful of the smallest babies because as we expect our own child, we've had a chance to hold your kids and and see them grow and and see what it's like to deal with infants. And and the encouragement we get from that is, is going to be a life lesson we keep. We're so thankful for the middle schoolers and the high schoolers and, and the young children in this group because you guys helped us stay on our toes, at least for me. I don't know. It, it, it's just an encouragement from two years seeing kids that were a little shorter, Will, and now getting taller, grow up and mature. The kids here are, are a wonderful group. They're growing every day, and I've seen that in my short time here, and I can only imagine how they're going to continue to grow, and we are so thankful for that. We are thankful for the young adult group who helped us to really assimilate here, to really come in and and feel like a family as soon as we got here. When we first got here, it it was a little difficult. We we knew a couple people, but some of them were moving away. Uh, Bailey came in here really knowing no one, but within the first few months, we felt like we had a family. We felt like we had young adults around us who we could talk to and hang out with, and we were so thankful for that. We're so thankful for just the families as a whole. Uh, each one of you all has had this impact on our life because we've, had, we've been able to 
hang out with you, spend time with you, whether it's at different get-togethers or, or just going over your houses. And being able to see a, a good Christian family has left this impact on us to help us grow and strive for that. We're so thankful for, for the elderly of this congregation because you all give us an example of what we should be like. We've had so many different conversations with, with you all, and, and some of my fondest ones are from Friday afternoons where we sat there and after I would preach, it, it wasn't anything critical, but it was encouragement. It was, hey, this is, this is where you're going. I can see it. We've had conversations about life, about what to expect as we, we grow up, as we mature, as our family grows. And each time we had those conversations, we, we would walk away just thankful and hopeful that we could one day be like that. There are so many things to be thankful for of this congregation, with this congregation. Like Paul could have, with Philippi, he could have gone on and on. And I could too. But ultimately, the goal or the point of this is that when I pray to God, when I thank Him for things in my life, the blessings in my life, I will be thanking Him for Fairview. I will be thanking Him for the members here and the work here because it is a great blessing to see a work like this grow and, and abound. We will be thanking God with so much joy for you all. Look back with me now back in Philippians, and we'll pick up in verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you all are partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more, with knowledge and all discernment, so you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. Paul doesn't stop with his thanksgiving for Philippi. He continues his, his thoughts about how he's going to pray for them by telling them that he's, he's going to pray to encourage them. He's going to pray that they grow. Brothers and sisters, as I pray for you, I will pray that you will abound more and more as Paul did for the Philippians. There's always room for growth in a church. There's always room for growth in individuals in the church. And that's what I want to talk about for the last few minutes here. Paul starts off in verse 9 where he says, your love may abound more and more. He encourages the church at Philippi to continue growing in love. Love for God, love for each other, love for the work. He just wants to see their love continue to grow and not stagnate or stalemate. I encourage you all in the same way, to continue growing in love. There are different ways that this can be achieved or, or, or seen. You can continue growing in your love for God. God desires His people to love Him, to grow close to Him, to strive to be more like Him and understand Him as much as we can. This church has a wonderful, wonderful love of God. It's, a, it's got a wonderful desire to be more like Him. But it can still continue to grow. It can still continue to become even greater. This is a love that surpasses all bounds. It's a love that drives us to reach out in the community. A love that pushes us to be more like God. This group can continue growing in this love for God by reaching out through the community by reaching out and showing that love for each other, 
that love that God has for each person. And we can grow in that sense. It can, can, this group can continue to grow in this love by acting as he would want us to. By casting aside all, all divisions or, or anything that tears us apart. And dealing with each other with love and kindness. Striving to be unified in God because of that love. God wants us all to grow in our love for him. And that requires a, a couple of different things, but mainly it requires us to lay aside our pride. It requires us to, to sit back and, and understand that we need to be more like God, less of self and more of him. Because if we do so, that love of him is going to grow and that ability to, to reach out to the lost, to have others be saved, will also grow. This group can continue to grow in love for one another. Like I said before, this, this group has a wonderful love for each other. You all made Bailey and I feel so loved so quickly. But it can still continue to grow. Growing in love for each other requires us to, to cast off uncomfortableness. There are times when we may feel uncomfortable maybe in reaching out for, to one another. That we may feel like, oh, I may just be more of a bother or, or I, I'm not really sure how to deal in this situation. But if we're going to continue to abound more and more, as Paul is praying for the Philippians, as I will be praying for you, it's going, to be, it's going to require us to step out of our comfort zones. It's going to require us to, to strive to show that love, even when it may be a little awkward, even when it may be a little difficult, even when it may not just, it may feel a little manufactured. Because at least trying shows that you're willing to grow even more than you already are. This means, this is shown in how you reach out to different members sometimes. Sometimes, I feel like I've struggled with this before, and I feel like everyone has some times where they struggle like this, where we know the people in the group that we're worshiping with, but we don't really know them. We know them by name. They sit a few rows away from us, and we pass pleasantries in the hallways. But our love can grow so much more to where we really know our brethren. We really know what they're struggling with. We really know what they need or how we can help them. And I encourage you all to continue growing in that love, to continue growing in that way to where everyone who is worshiping in this group feels at home and feels like people actually do care about their spiritual life and about what they are, and it's not just a pleasantry. And like I said, this isn't something that is, is going poorly at this, this group, not at all. But there can always be that growth here. Paul then incur er, continues his encouragement in verse 9 as well, where he encourages the group to grow or abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. He's encouraging them to continue studying the Word. At this time, it would be studying what Jesus said, what, what He taught them, how they were to live in, with the truth, and how they were to abide with His truth. I want to encourage you all to continue growing in that knowledge and discernment as Paul is speaking here. Growth is limited when Bible study is limited. I want to encourage this group to continue growing in their Bible study. This past year, we've, we've had most of our classes structured around by the Bible, about different chapters or books in the Bible, and it helps us to grow more with what God wants us to. And it's, it's not to say that other books are bad or not going to help us. But the important thing that we need to be focusing on most is the Bible. 
The Bible is the truth of God's Word. The Bible is, is divinely guiding us or, or able to guide us how God wants us to live. The other books have their value and have their place in, in helping us to see things from a different view or help us to grow more uh, holy in the sense of, of fulf- not whole, just more well-rounded. But the Bible is the truth. And I want to encourage us all to continue to grow in the Bible. There are days where it, it may not be easy. There are days where we may just seem we're reading repetition after repetition. But every part of the Bible is there for edification, for growth. And when we stick to that, when we stand by the truth, and when we learn from it, our faith is going to grow. Our conviction of what we believe in is going to grow. We'll be able to stand firm in the face of temptation and in the face of trials. We'll be able to say, that's not what God wants from me. That's not what God expects of me. And we can grow into what God expects the more we know the Bible. So I want to encourage this group to continue that growth in the Bible that I've seen just in these past two years alone. Thirdly, Paul ends his encouragement in verse 10 where it says, So that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. He's praying that they are able to overcome temptations and trials. And I want to pray that same prayer for you all. This group has been through a lot. In the past few years, we've, we've struggled with a lot of things. We've had to deal with some falling away, some brethren who have no longer come back to us. And it's tough. It's really difficult. But we've grown from it. We've overcome it in a sense but there's still more work to do to where we can overcome those temptations and those trials. This group is an an amazing group because it groups together around those trials. It helps those who are are, are falling down, who are struggling. It helps to help those who are are falling recover and deal with what's gone on in their lives. But it can still do more. We can get to know each other on a more spiritual basis. That means learning what each other is dealing with. Learning more than just, hey, how's your day going? Really understanding what someone is struggling with in a day-to-day life. Oftentimes we sit there behind our closed doors and we think no one else is going to struggle with what I struggle with. We're going to say that if I just bring this up, I'm going to be ashamed and people will make fun of me and people will look at me differently and and, and thank me in, in all the wrong ways. As Christians, we're called to lean on one another. We're called to open up and bear each other's burdens. And that includes our our, our struggles with our spiritual life. That includes our temptations. Because one of the greatest strengths against these temptations that we face is each other. The ability to turn to a brother or sister and say, hey, I'm really struggling with with lust or, or anger or greed, and I need some help, is a great strength. Because while we might be afraid of how they'll react, someone who truly loves us, who is truly trying to live like Christ and and exemplify a Christian attitude, will be there to build the struggling brother up. They'll be there to encourage them out of their temptation. They'll be there to be that, that listening ear and help them stay on the right path. 
If you're struggling with sin, and, and I know we all do, we all have areas in our life that we struggle with, we should have confidence to turn to the person next to us or the person we worship with and ask for help. If we want to continue fighting temptation, as, as Paul is encouraging Philippi here, then we need to lean on the right and the wrong of the Bible, not of the world. It's very easy, and I see this a lot in, in my age group, especially with people that I've gone to school with. It's very easy to say, yeah, well, the, the Bible is a little old. The Bible is, you know, it's warning us against stuff of their age. It's warning against stuff that I, you know, I'm not really struggling with right now, so I don't really need to listen to it. Well, a little bit of this isn't that bad, as you can see. And the more that, that area of right and wrong in the Bible becomes grayed by the world or by society, the more likely it is we're going to fall prey to Satan. The more likely it is we're going to say, I can do that, it'll be okay. I'll still be able to come back from that or, or I can repent of that later. There are so many flashy ideas in this world about things that we can do that will create fun or, or pleasure in our life that will still keep us right with God. But if we're not careful, we'll be led astray by, by false teachers and false doctrine. If we want to continue fighting temptation and overcoming trials in our life, we need to be willing to lean on the Bible, study it and understand what God thinks is right and wrong. If we're going to continue to fight temptation with one another and, and overcome these things, then I encourage us all to approve what is excellent. I encourage us to grow to this sense where we can we have a high standard of what a spiritual life looks like. And Philippians later down in the chapter in verse 27, it reads, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but your salvation and that from God. Paul wants to hear about the church at Philippi. He wants to be, if he's far off, he wants to be able to hear that they're still standing firm. Or if he's with them, he wants to see that they're still sticking to what God expects of them. Brothers and sisters, that's, that's my expectation as well. Whether I'm far off or I am with you, I want to hear that you all are growing and standing firm in God's word. I want to hear of, of the wonderful things you are doing for the work. And I want to see that growth for myself when we do come and visit. This is the encouragement that Paul has for the church at Philippi. He encourages them to grow in love. He encourages them to, to grow in knowledge and discernment. And he encourages them to fight and overcome temptation and sin. Each one of these things has an individual aspect to it to where we need to be doing things on our own basis. But each one of these things also has the group aspect as well, where we as brothers and sisters can help each other out. We can help to teach, to guide. We can help to show love and, and teach how to love others. We can be there to encourage others in, in their trials and temptations. Paul encourages this church at Philippi to continue growing, to continue abounding more and more in different aspects. And and that's what Bailey and I will be doing as well. When we leave here, we'll be praying for you all to abound more and more, to grow stronger and, and greater in God's glory.
we have confidence, complete confidence that this group can continue to grow. And we are excited to be able to hear of it or see it. And we'll be praying for it as we leave. Ultimately, though, the question has to be asked, why does Paul pray for these things and why will I be praying for them? Well, in verse 11, Paul explains it. It says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and the praise of God. As you all grow, as you all abound more and more, as we pray for you, it's not for the glory of Fairview. It's not for this this great building or, or all these wonderful people inside of it. It's for the glory of God. It's because I know that as you all are growing, then there's more reason to praise God. There's even more reason to glorify Him for the work that is happening in Little Rock. That's why I'm going to be praying these things. Because as you grow and abound, then God's work through you grows and abounds. These last few days are going to be bittersweet for Bailey and I. We're going to do as much as we can to spend time with everyone here. But I want you all to to know that as we leave here, we will be praying for you all, both with thanksgiving filled with joy and happiness, but also prayers of encouragement to continue to grow and, and flourish in God. Will you pray with me about that? Heavenly Father, we come to you now so thankful for the work that is here in Little Rock. We know you are are working within each one of us, Lord, and working here in this work, and we, we pray that this work will continue to grow, that it will continue to abound more and more in, in knowledge of you and discernment of good and evil. We pray that as we continue to grow, that we will be able to overcome the temptations that are, are in front of us, that we will lean on each other and, and love each other and encourage one another. We pray that we will grow in, in our knowledge of you and knowledge of the Bible so that we can stand firm in our faith. Father, I thank you so much for this work here. The elders, the deacons, the evangelists, the members here are all wonderful, wonderful people. And you are working with each one of them and in, in each one of them, and I know that you will continue to work. And I pray that your work will abound more and more in them. Father, I pray you will guide this church, that you will help them continue to stay with you. I pray all these things through your Son, and it's His name we pray. Amen. One of the ways this work grows here is through just the gospel. The church grows by adding members to it. It grows by adding those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus did die for the sins of many so that others could be saved. If there's anyone here this morning who would like to confess, to obey the gospel and be baptized for the remission of your sins, won't you come now while we stand and while we sing? Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with